You're tuned into Eric's Movie Club. And now, here's Eric. Thank you, Jeff. This is Eric's Movie Club. I'm Eric. So glad to have you along today. We all use streaming services nowadays. In fact, nowadays, more than ever. And one thing always happens. We take way too long to decide what to watch. So hopefully with this show, I can make a recommendation for you and choose a movie for you that I think you will like. And that way, you don't have to sit there and make a choice. You could just put on the movie that I say, and hopefully you will like it. Now, for the month of October, I have decided to do all movies in the thriller-slash-horror genre. I just feel that's fitting for the month of October. So we're going to start with one of my all-time favorite movies, which is The Silence of the Lambs. Why you should watch it, where you can watch it, that's all coming up later in this episode. Also, is Hannibal Lecter the best villain in thriller or horror movie history? We'll get into that later as well. Let's start off with movie news. Movie news. According to a new study, the average American has watched 20 movies over the last two months. And that is roughly one in every three days. I feel like I have broken that. (laughs) But then again, I'm a huge movie nerd. I watch movies all the time. Now, of course, a lot of those movies that people have viewed over the last few months have not been in movie theaters. We've been watching a lot of movies in our homes. Now, the average person has also binge-watched four shows during these last couple of months, which is very difficult to quantify since shows uh, drastically vary in length. Now, that is something that I don't do as much of. For some reason, I don't know why. In recent years, I haven't been as interested in TV series as I have been in movies, but I've been a movie fan my whole life. I think the only... TV show that I've binge-watched in the last few months has been The Great British Baking Show. Yeah, so that's where I'm at (laughs) in my coping with the pandemic here. Now, that sounds like a lot of streaming, but you know, a lot of people have not seen that as abnormal. In fact, only 52% of people that took that survey say that they're really not streaming that much more than they would in a normal summer, which is kind of interesting. And how about this? If you love the 2019 CGI version of The Lion King, then you'll like this news as well. A prequel is in development, and it was written by Jeff Nathanson, who actually wrote the 2019 version as well. Now, there aren't many details about the plot, but a source, a quote-unquote source from Disney, says that they're approaching it the way The Godfather 2 approached the movie. And essentially, the story will push forward. There still will be a new story, but it'll be interspliced with backstory as well, which is kind of interesting. It'll be like Mufasa's origin story. In other words, it is more of a follow-up than a traditional prequel or sequel. And if Mufasa is involved, we will assume that Scar will also be involved. There's no mention of Simba, though, which is kind of interesting. Now, the first movie was directed by Jon Favreau. This one will be handled by the Oscar-nominated director Barry Jenkins, most famous uh, recently for Moonlight back in 2016, which, of course, was the best picture at the Oscars that year. There is your movie news. Let's move on to our movie recommendation this week. It's time for Eric's Movie Recommendation. My movie recommendation for this week is The Silence of the Lambs, released in 1991, directed by the late, great Jonathan Demme, screenplay by Ted Talley. It is based on the novel The Silence of the Lambs by Thomas Harris, The movie stars Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, Scott Glenn, and Ted Levine. And it was a big winner at the Oscars. It won Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, 
Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Actress. And it deserved every one of those awards, in my opinion, of course. So what is this movie about? Well, an FBI trainee named Clary Starling is pulled from her training to aid in the capture of a notorious serial killer nicknamed Buffalo Bill. To create a psychological profile for this elusive killer, Clarice visits psychiatrist and cannibalistic killer Dr. Hannibal Lecter in prison for some advice. Quid pro quo, I tell you things, you tell me things. Not about this case, though, about yourself. Quid pro quo, yes or no? Yes or no, Clarice? Poor little Catherine is waiting. Go, Doctor. What is your worst memory of childhood? Death of my father. Tell me about it and don't lie right now. Where can you watch this movie? Well, you could watch it on Netflix. And why should you watch this movie? Well, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I've seen a lot of movies, but since I first saw this one, it's been one of my favorites, and I think it is one of the best, in my personal opinion. I saw this movie when I was way too young to see it. (laughs) Now, a lot of kids will watch horror movies and thrillers when their parents aren't around to be rebellious and so on and so forth. But for me, it was actually my parents who showed me this movie when I was 11 years old. And I remember my dad actually saying, you're going to have nightmares for a week after you see this movie and then proceeded to show me the movie anyway. And luckily I did not have nightmares, no matter how creeped out I was by the movie. I do remember liking the movie right away and I watched it again, probably a week later and it probably led to my interest in true crime, the true crime genre. And it's the reason why I read so many books about true crime and watch documentaries and things like that. Anyway, it's, Got a personal connection to me for that reason. I saw it when I was so young, and it's been 17 years since I first saw it, and I still think it's great. And let's get into that. So how great is it? (laughs) Well, I think it's actually a perfect movie in pretty much every way. So let's get into that. Let's start with the acting. Now, both Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster, as I mentioned earlier, won Oscars for their performances in this movie, and I think they were both great. They spend a lot of time on screen together, But then, having said that, it really isn't that much screen time. I believe Hannibal Lecter's only in the movie for like 15 minutes total, (laughs) something like that. But they spend some time on screen together, and that had to be perfect for this movie to work. They had to play off each other very well. They had to have chemistry with each other, or it just wouldn't work. And they were both spot on. Now, I think Anthony Hopkins was especially genius in this performance. I mean, Jodie Foster looked legitimately creeped out in these scenes. And when I say Jodie Foster looked creeped out, I don't mean her character Clary Starling looked creeped out, which she's supposed to be. I mean, there are moments where you're like, oh, I think Jodie Foster is freaked out in this moment. (laughs) You know, I I think the actress herself is legitimately scared to be in this room with uh, Anthony Hopkins. He was so good, but they were both incredible together, and they really had to be for this movie to work. I also want to mention Ted Levine as Buffalo Bill, a.k.a. James Gum, who is the serial killer that they're tracking down in this movie. He is absolutely worth mentioning here. He really goes for it, <laughs> and he's especially creepy in this movie, and he really, really nails that part, and so I had to mention him as well. Places the lotion in the basket. I want to see my mommy. Please, no. I want to see my... 
Now, moving on to some of the choices that were made by the late, great director, Jonathan Demme. One of my favorite things that Demme did in this movie is he really managed to make us see this movie through Clarice's point of view, through her perspective. When characters are speaking to Clarice, they are always looking directly at the camera. They're looking at us. Of course, they're looking at Clarice, but they're looking at us. We are Clarice when we are watching the movie. He puts us in her perspective so well. Also, he creates this incredibly kind of claustrophobic atmosphere in the movie. Whenever we see Clarice, she seems to be surrounded by very large men in an elevator or in a funeral home. And she's constantly put into these very cramped spaces like old storage units and places like that. And or just in pitch black in a room that she's never been in before. And it creates this claustrophobia inducing atmosphere that really adds to the suspense and the freaky nature of this movie. Really beautiful work on this thriller. I also want to mention the screenplay and the editing here because one of the reasons why I think it is a truly perfect movie is because there's nothing in this movie that doesn't have to be there. If you added anything to this movie or took anything out of this movie, it would ruin it. It is the perfect length. It is. It has everything that has to be in there. And the pacing of the movie is great. And it feels even shorter than its just under two-hour runtime. It really breezes past. And it's incredible, the pacing in this movie. Now, lastly, I do want to mention the score, which was composed by the great Canadian composer Howard Shore. Now, he has done the score for so many movies in the last 40-plus years. He was the original band leader for Saturday Night Live, even wrote the famous Saturday Night Live theme song and closing theme that you hear if you watch on Saturday nights. He won three Oscars, three Golden Globes, four Grammy Awards. This guy knows what he's doing. And the score for this movie is so great because it is so dark. Now, having seen this movie so many times, it is impossible for me to imagine what it would be like with different music. The music is so tied to this movie, tied to the feeling this movie gives you. It is so tied to the vibe of this movie. It is so, so dark, and it is absolutely perfect. So I had to talk about that. Now, I can go on and on and on forever about this movie. But I won't. I'm going to wrap it up here by saying, do yourself a favor and watch this movie, especially if you've never seen this one before. Halloween is right around the corner. This is the time when people want to watch, you know, scary movies or thrillers, things like that. Do yourself a favor and watch it. I think you will enjoy it. Let's talk movies with Eric. The American Film Institute really loves this movie pretty much as much as I do. They've included this movie on their list of the top 100 movies of all time. They included this movie at number five on their list of the best thriller movies. This line from the movie was included on their top 100 best movie quotes list. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Clary Starling was number six on their list of the best movie heroes, and Hannibal Lecter was number one on their list of the best movie villains of all time, number one. And I want to focus on that for just a moment. Is Hannibal Lecter really the best movie villain of all time? Now, what if we just limit it to thrillers and horror movies? 
is he the best of all time in those genres? Personally, I say yes. Big shock. I've just spent all this time telling you how much I love the movie. Of course, I think he's the best. But who else is in this conversation? I'll get it started with a few characters, and then you can carry it on later. So I want to start with Norman Bates from Psycho. Is your time so empty? No. Well, I run the office and uh, tend the cabins and grounds and and do little uh, errands for my mother, the one she allows I might be capable of doing. Do you go out with friends? Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. I love Alfred Hitchcock movies, and I love the movie Psycho. And Anthony Perkins does such an incredible job in this part. So he has to be mentioned. Jack Torrance in The Shining. You are concerned about him. And are you concerned about me? Of course I am. Of course you are. Ever thought about my responsibilities? What are you talking about? Have you ever had a single moment's thought about my responsibilities? This is just a great character, extremely well-written. He is just as creepy in the novel, The Shining, by Stephen King, as he is portrayed by Jack Nicholson in the movie. And in fact, I read the book after I saw the movie, so I kind of had the Jack Nicholson part in my head, but I was still thoroughly creeped out by the character in the book as well. Extremely well-written by Stephen King. Here's one uh, that I really like, a movie from the 80s that I think people need to see, Fatal Attraction, the character Alex Forrest, played by the great Glenn Close. Now, this character is so well-written and so well-portrayed by Glenn Close that it has been discussed and debated about by psychiatrists for the last 33 years. So many people have tried to really get inside the mind of this character because she is so compelling, and that is uh, very telling (laughs) as to how good a character this is. I'm going to tell you it's going to stop right now. No, it's not going to stop. It's going to go on and on until you face up to your responsibilities. What responsibilities? I'm pregnant. I'm going to have our child. Alex, that's your choice, honey. That has nothing to do with me. I just want to be a part of your life. Oh, this is the way you do it, huh? Showing up at my appointment? What am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls. You change your number. I mean, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. Now, many of the characters that I've just mentioned are more from thriller-type movies, so I'm going to finish here with a horror character, and I think my favorite is probably Michael Myers from the Halloween franchise. I believe there are 11 movies in total and is such an interesting character and so friggin' creepy. (laughs) And when I was a kid, I certainly was freaked out by him. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What about you? That's my short list of characters, villains from thrillers and horror movies. Who do you think are the best villains from those genres? I would love to hear from you. If you do end up watching The Silence of the Lambs, please let me know what you thought. If there are any specific movie genres that you would like me to recommend a movie for, just let me know. I did mention at the top of the episode that over the next month, in the month of October, I will be recommending movies from the thriller and horror genres. But of course, going forward after this month, 
If there's a specific genre you'd like to hear on here, just let me know. Also, if you have any movie-related questions for me, if you have any movie debates that you would like my take on, again, just let me know and please join in on today's movie conversation regarding villains from horror and thriller movies. You can do all that by visiting the Eric's Movie Club Facebook page. I'll talk to you again next week. This has been Eric's Movie Club, a giant TV production.